Hello, I'm David Freeman. Welcome to the Author Archive. This edition features Spike Milligan. Spike died in February 2002, and I spoke to him not long before that about his writing, his comedy, his health, and what he hasn't turned out. He's got something in common with electric cars, and also the goons. The Goon Show is remarkable. You can still hear it being repeated on Radio 4 Extra. It was first broadcast in May 1951. It featured a gang. There was a core of performers, Harry Seacombe, Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan. And it was Spike Milligan who did most of the writing. More recently... He tried to move on from radio, and there was a TV series called Q. It was only shown once, and Spike wasn't particularly happy about that. And when I talked to him, he'd written a history of the goons, but he'd also rewritten some classics like Black Beauty, like Frankenstein, oh, and like the Old Testament. So I wondered... What did he think he had to offer to these classic texts? I could make them funnier. And uh, I thought, where can I make the biggest insult that would get me banned by the Pope? So I thought, wait a minute, I'll do the uh, Old Testament. And uh, I remember <laughs> making myself laugh when I did the Ten Commandments. And uh, I know the sixth said, uh, on the sixth day, the Lord said, let there be grass. And lo... The Rastafarians smoked it. And I could never believe that, uh, was it Samson? Is it a, uh, and uh, the third day, uh, he slew it, 10,000 Philistine with an ass's jawbone. Oh, come on. I mean, first of all, uh, that, uh, he would uh, be charged with GBH, wouldn't he? And uh, no, no doubt that uh, the license Licence for his ass's jawbone was out of date. But you didn't get banned by the Pope, did you? No. Uh, no, no I, I hadn't got the same effect upon his uh, rusty, did you know? That, what do they call it? A fatwa. fatwa. Yes, I didn't get a fatwa. Did you want one? Well, I'd... Uh, <laughs> I'd actually, I'd... No, I, I could always buy one somewhere, I suppose. Do you find you still have the urge to rebel, even in your mature years? No, actually, I... I just enjoy, uh, I suppose I'm a, uh, they wanted to call these people who, uh, an iconoclast. I, I uh, wanted to knock the original thing down. So when I read Lady Chatterley's Lover originally, I read this part of it. Suddenly said, uh, well, the situation was this. There was this high-class lady, naked, lying on an army blanket, being rogered by the gardener. But it was in the chicken house. And all these chickens, these people have come off the moon. I don't believe it. But Spike also put his imprint on Frankenstein. So what was it about that that appeals? Well, just the story itself. See, I'm a, I, wanted, I want to make the classics funny. That was the basic thing. And with Frankenstein, when he comes to you on the table, he comes to you and says, have you got a bag? And he's, a, he's a, 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 a narcotic man. And uh, they only, can, only traced him because they follow a trail of dead bodies 
which were accompanied by a lot of doggins, which means that they haven't come across. That's roughly it. And I can't, I can't remember what I wrote now. Now, in Black Beauty, you take on the persona of the horse. Well, no, he's just, uh, just an awful horse, always, whereas the original one with Elizabeth Taylor was, oh, darling, it was a lovely horse. But this one kicks everybody in the bollocks. Yeah. Yes, it's a malevolent horse, really. Yes, it is, yes. People think it's a story of a negress. Now, you've done quite a few. What's next? I've just finished the homosexual hounds of the Baskervilles. Being amusing, being funny, seemed to come quite easily to Spike. But there was another side. There was a downside. There was a dark side. He was a diagnosed manic depressive for which he was prescribed lithium, the stuff that makes electric car batteries. And he was very honest on that day that I met him about his mental state. I had a breakdown, yes, I had two or three. And uh, I, did, I didn't know what happened during the war. I was, I was blown up uh, by a mortar bomb. If I don't know what good for me, I, I shouldn't have come down. <laughs> and that affected me permanently in my life. And uh, only recently have I discovered that, that, that what has made maybe all right is a thing called lithium. Uh, I, I, I sort of, I don't know what I was, my manic depressive, I think, maybe. And when, I, when I'm in a, in a depressed mood, I can write poetry. Um, let me give you an example now, how different it is from the comedy. Um, one night in the twilight gloom, a butterfly flew in my room. Oh, what beauty. Oh, what grace. Who needs visitors from out of space? But was the upside of your depression the ability to write in this very, very particular funny way? No. I, uh, my destiny came about, and I did not know it, when I was five years old at the convent of Jesus and Mary in Pune. And they had the, uh, the crib and all the angels, but, but the little girls standing around the crib, but the, the nuns are notoriously bad at scene changes. So for this, they blacked me up, put a clown's hat on and the bobbles, and I had to go in front of the curtain and go. And the, being so young, they uh, made the audience laugh, you know. I didn't know what I went like this. And I, I, since then, I've had the mould of a clown. I'm not a comic, I'm a clown. I proved that in... Son of Oblomov, which I ad-libbed all the way through. I'm an Irishman, and they don't think like any other nation, despite the fact that there's a quite small population. Per population, they have the highest percentage of writers, playwrights, authors, and poets. That's amazing. I'm very proud of that. That uh, I had... <laughs> My father told me some Irish stories. Let me think of it now. An Irishman goes into a fish and chip shop and he says, fish and chips twice. And the guy said, I heard you the first time. <laughs> In your work, it does seem to have its own, its own logic, but it's not the logic that the rest of the world has. It's miraculous. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know how I wrote the Goon Chips. I, 
I never thought I was doing anything special. But I realise now I was breaking the mould of uh, radio comedy. And I did the same with the Q series, which the bloody BBC put on once and have never put on again. And this series is what Monty Python copies. The other fellows went off and did other things during the week and they just left you to write it. Yeah, and uh, I did it. Uh, and I, I loved it, you know. I loved to wait for that Sunday when we'd... we'd the rehearsals were... Rehearsals were hysterical. What a pity they didn't record the rehearsals. They're hysterical. Anyway, it was a great time, and uh, I couldn't have done it without that combination of chaps, you know. Sellers could do anything. You to, they'd stopped him doing the Queen, of course. <laughs> he didn't do this voice of the Queen. Said, oh, don't do that to Peter, don't. Anyway, we, uh, we could have gone satirical, but it would involve naming people like Lord Montgomery, uh, Prime Minister, all important people, but they, it hadn't, they wouldn't, weren't accepting it those days. If you think of the three of you after Michael Benteen left, what are the qualities that the three of you brought to the show? Peter could, could do any voice in the world. Seeker was the... I.T.I.T. And uh, when I first heard him in the army in a concert party, he's... And I thought he was a Polish comic. <laughs> I didn't understand. Uh, when you listen to it now, I mean, the goons is a real high energy thing. Uh, I, I couldn't remember any detail of it. I just used to come out, I, God knows what kind of finger was uh, encouraging me, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've, I've no idea. I really can't take any praise for it because it came so easily to me. You say it came easily, but you had to find a whole new program, a whole new idea every week. I used to get to the office at about, um, oh, I had to go on the tube, I didn't have a car, get to the office at 8 o'clock, and I used to sometimes work till midnight, so I really slaved for it, you know, and uh, sometimes I was so late there was no transport, and I'd have to phone up Peter, he'd pick me up and take me home. I'll <laughs> tell you something about Sellers, he was a car freak, I know I'm diverting from the books, but it's worth it. He, he phoned me one Christmas week, snow on the ground, and he said, uh, look, uh, Spike, uh, would you come round right away, please? So I put an overcoat on my pyjamas, got my mini, and I drove for him, and he was sitting outside his house in a brand new Rolls Cornice. So I said, yeah, what, what, what do you want? He said, he said look, Spike, don't, don't drop me. He said, take this piece of chalk. I said, ah, a Jewish Christmas present. <laughs> huh? And then he gave me a torch. I said, what do, you, what do you want now? He said, this is a brand new Rolls. And there's a squeak in, squeak in the boot. I said, yes. He said, well, look, you're my friend. Said, Would you get in the boot, please? And as I drive, will you shine the torch and make a little cross where the, you can't make up a story like this is going to happen. <laughs> I got in his boot. And he was driving off, he's bumping it on the pavement to shake the springs. Suddenly, he stopped and another car drew up. Didn't know who it was. Heard voices. And suddenly, the, the boot opened, and there's a policeman there. And he shone a torch to me, and he said, Oh, it's you. Spike Milligan talking to me about almost everything. And the books that he was talking about are 
still out there. The Bible, according to Spike Milligan. Frankenstein, according to Spike Milligan. Then there's all his war books, Adolf Hitler, My Part in His Downfall. Then at the serious end of things, oh yes, and the Frankenstein, is that's still available. There's the essential Spike Milligan, and there is Depression and How to Survive It, Spike Milligan and Anthony Clare. Very memorable man, very vulnerable I thought. This is the Author Podcast. I'm David Freeman. Back with more soon. Thanks for listening.